Brilliant Misfits, episode 42. Then try and feel around for, okay, so well, I, you know, I had this voice or I had this feeling, how did that feel? And that way we start to solidify again how our intuition is speaking to us. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Welcome everyone to another episode of Brilliant Misfits. I am really having so much fun this month talking with women about intuition, creativity, and business and how all those things weave together. And I have another fabulous guest today who is going to go a little deeper into that with me. But before I introduce you to her, I want to just remind you to please go to the Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits, and join in the conversation there where we continue inspiring, encouraging, and supporting each other to take those creative leaps and really expand our possibilities. And also, if you enjoy the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a rate and review. That really helps, and it's deeply appreciated. So now, without further ado, my guest today is Karen Geddes, and she is an intuitive mentor. She's an intuitive coach and mentor for coaches who are transitioning into the coaching space, who want a business that gives them the money to contribute to their family, the time to spend with them, and freedom for themselves so that they they know deep down that they really deserve. So she helps people leverage their intuition, thoughts, and emotions to ditch their self-doubt and create more confidence, clarity, ease and flow in their business and in their lives. So I'm going to stop right there and we'll get more into that. And I have to say, reading that, I'm going to introduce, hello, Karen, welcome. Before we get on, Karen, please um, introduce yourself. Hi, Aisha. It's beautiful to be here. I've been very excited about the conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. I'm tripping over my words, so I apologize to the listeners. But um, I wanted to stop at that point because I, I love what you're saying, and I feel as I'm reading that, such a kindred spirit with you. I feel that um, what you're saying and what you're doing is so aligned to what I feel for myself and what I try to put out in the world for um my clients as well. So I want to jump into this this phrase, leverage their intuition. And you also say that people are their intuition. So can you just talk about those two things? Absolutely. So it's my understanding that us as women, especially uh, with that innate ability of, of, of being intuitive, that we actually are our intuition. So the, our intuition is, it's, it's that part of us, that higher guidance, that um, the, the way that we interpret the information that comes to us from, from the universe. And so it really is just, when I say it's who we are, it's, it's that we all have this ability to connect. So our intuition is not something that's floating around out in the ethers or, you know, something that we have to reach out for and try and 
tap into, so to speak, uh, which is the common term used, or, you know, um, reserved for special intuitive people. It is, it, it, it's there for every everybody, and women have it especially strong. You know, for thousands and thousands of years, people have talked about women's intuition or a mother's intuition. Uh, so how I explain intuition to people is the – it really is the way that we interpret the energy that, uh, sorry, the information, the energetic information that's being streamed to us from the universe. So if we, if you've read that beautiful book by Gabby Bernstein, the universe has your back, mm-hmm. sums it up so beautifully. So the universe kind of knows what we've put out there, what we've asked for, and it's doing everything it can to bring that to us. And it drops those breadcrumbs in our path for us. And, our intuition, the way that we interpret that energy, that intuition picks up the, the breadcrumbs. It picks up what the breadcrumbs are. And then it, 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 you know, that information is fed to us. And that's when we get that nudge to kind of um, go in a certain direction or maybe contact a certain person. And to leverage this intuition comes from, I heard somebody speaking once about intuition and saying that intuition is instantaneous. And that was a game changer for me because if intuition is instantaneous, in other words, if I ask for clarity around a decision that I'm making or um, an answer that I want for something, that ans- and that answer comes immediately, I have now saved myself, I don't know how much time that I would have spent going around trying to work out whether this decision was right for me or whether this was, you know, wh- you know, whether I've made my list of pros and cons to make sure that I'm taking the right steps. If that is, if the answer comes instantaneously, we can leverage that and create massive amounts of time in our days and, you know, in our, our business and in our life. Mm, that's fascinating. I, I really love that you t- um, are touching onto that part of it and, you know, making it, saying that the answers come uh, instantaneously or the intuition comes instantaneously. But how does the, how does the answer come when you say intuition is instantaneously? What does that, what does that feel like? Or what it, how does that unfold or how does that look? So it's intuition speaks to us in, there's four main ways in which it speaks to us. You either see things or you hear things or you feel things or you know things so intuition, you know, if we look at intuition as the way that we interpret that information, so the, the universe streaming that information to us 24-7 and somehow it has to be interpreted by us here in the physical and the way in which we can interpret it is either, you know, have a, it comes as a picture in your mind's eye. So if you're a visual learner, you would probably interpret those messages or your intuition would feel like something that you, a picture that you, that you see in your mind's eye. Um, if you hear things, if you were clairaudient, um, you would be an auditory learner more than likely. And if you think of a of a solution, you know, if you're if you're doing something in business and you're thinking of a solution, you may hear hear it in your mind. So it's the same with your intuition. Those intuitive messages, you may hear the information. You may hear a nudge to take a certain step. Um, the feeling part, the clair clairsentient part, is when you actually get um, a sensation in your body when that message comes through and the the knowing part is the clear cognizant piece which is where 
you just know the information. And the clear cognizant one is, is probably the most tricky to get your head around because it often feels like a thought. So you've got to really kind of know what the difference is between, you know, between your thoughts and your intuition to, to, to hone, hone that piece. But that's basically how it comes. And it's individual. So everybody has to kind of find their own um, identifier as to how these messages are, you know, are interpreted by us, how our intuition speaks to us. Uh, and, and once you know that, you know what to look for because then you, you've got a clear idea of, of, of how those messages are coming and you can start honing it and building, building that connection. Mm. In your own life, Karen, do, do you find that intuition works best when you have a clear question or does it just sometimes just come sort of unannounced? I think before you've got to a stage where you – where you've honed that intuitive guidance and you've almost where you've almost embodied it, which is this, the stage that I am now where actually it's almost like I'm running on my, on my intuition. And it's, it's more now my monkey mind is the one that's popping in as opposed to the intuition. So in the early days before you start practicing and honing the guidance, it does seem to just, it does seem to just pop in. Um, and, the only difference between somebody who's who's embodied it and, and someone who's kind of got it just popping in and out is the fact that you've practiced. So mm. as, as so the more you practice, the better you get, and the better you get, the easier it is. Mm. So it's like a muscle. It is like a muscle. It really is, and it's because you know the the, the biggest struggle or stumbling block that people have with with uh, becoming more intuitive is this. Uh, telling the difference between your ego, your monkey mind, and your fear, and your intuition, and so this is the this is the piece that we're really working on to to work that intuitive muscle. Is okay. So this is my my monkey mind speaking. I know it's my monkey mind speaking because I now know what I'm looking for. I know how my intuition speaks to me. So how can I now start to create evidence that my intuition is is always right, and that my intuition is actually uh, working very well for me, so that my monkey mind tones down, and, and and this is what this is what the practice is about, and this is what gets you into that eventually gets you into that state when you know that when you can know how to recognize the the monkey mind or the ego, um, you can you can kind of fob it off if you want to if you want to say that you know you can ignore it and focus on the on the intuition and then um, the more you do it yeah the more you've embodied it and then of course that's just the that's the that becomes the dominant uh, thing that's running in your life is that is that intuition, intuition, and then you're just managing the monkey mind. Mm. And when you say the monkey mind, that's the sort of, you know, the self doubt or the lack of confidence or being unclear or just in general not feeling at ease. Is that what you mean? That's created by we might not recognize those thoughts are running through, but in the feeling. Um, that we have or emotional body that we would feel self-doubt or feel not confident. Would you say that that's a pretty good indication that your monkey mind is running you as opposed to your intuition? Absolutely. Because your intuition doesn't have an emotion attached to it. Ah. Your, your, your intuition has that calm knowing. It really is that wise inner voice that people talk about. And so when, yeah, when you've, when you're making a decision and um, 
or you're you're trying to establish what your intuition is saying to you if if it's feeling emotive if you if it's feeling like it's trying to convince you of something or if it's questioning your outcome or if it's kind of saying yes but what if if it's if it's feeling mm, if it's feeling anxious or like you say if it's feeling like self-doubt it's not your intuition that's your first indicator is how it feels your intuition just feels the thing about intuition <laughs> is that it's because it's very sure of itself, it doesn't repeat itself over and over and over again. So that, that message is instantaneous. So it just comes to you and then it's done with what it has to say. Um, and then the, the, the ego comes in because then it start, the ego starts to try and work out your how. It starts to work out, okay, so I hear that uh, Karen's acknowledging something there. She's acknowledging a path and she seems to be thinking about going down a path now because I've heard my intuition. And then it starts to think, well, how am I going to get this going? And, oh, no, that past doesn't seem like it's safe. Based on past experience, um, those things haven't worked out. Or she's never gone down that path before, and I don't know how this is going to turn out. So I'm going to have to start making sure she's safe and start sending her all the yeah buts and the what ifs. Um, and that's that's the piece that we, that we kind of have to um, get a handle on, so to mm. speak. Mm. Uh, and it's it's when that comes in that we we pay attention to how we feel and we can we can just tell oh uh, that that that's got to be my monkey mind because it's it feels so uh, tight and constricted and nervous or doubting and then we have to then we can re-ask so so when I say that your your intuition gives you the answer the answer once or the guidance once it doesn't mean that we're never going to hear it again. Um, it, 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 there's two parts to it. So one part is we can ask for clarification and and uh, you know listen out for what the, what the answer is, and also we can trust that if this is if if the the breadcrumbs are leading us to where we want to be, they will pop up again. So when I say your intuition doesn't repeat itself, it won't stand there for five minutes back to back saying do this, do this, do this, take this path, take this path. It'll say it once and then it. You know, then it kind of fades out, I suppose, if you're if you're busy in your mind. And then maybe later you'll hear it again because people often say that, oh, I just kept hearing, you know, over and over, but not not as in a short space of time is what I'm trying to say as, as mm. the ego does. The ego is insistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it's really interesting. I, I'm wondering, like, because there are, there are a lot of women now who are um, – creating businesses for themselves they're stepping into the online entrepreneurial world and as you know stepping into that space is a big stretch it's um you know getting outside of our comfort zone and all of that and um I think that that's when you know there's a lot of doubt or fear comes up when whenever we step out of anything that's comfortable or trying something new and we don't actually know how it's going to turn out and so I can see how important it is from what you're saying that um, you know we use our intuition to create whatever it is we're creating and um, otherwise we'll just not probably do anything if we just listen to the monkey mind as you say. That's right. That's right. And we can go really deep into the monkey mind side because there we have our limiting beliefs and, you know, those kind of programs that are that are of thought that are that are running. And um, then it gets, you know, we really go down a, a bit of a, a rabbit hole there. But if we can hone, if we can hone the intuition and know what we're looking for and be 
trusting that our intuition is always right, trusting that the universe has our back. And if the universe has our back, it won't lead us down a path that's to our detriment. It has to only take us to what we want. So there's that element of trust. And the other part is surrender. It's to surrender to the process. Mm. So, you know, I... Two of my favorite words, Mm. trust and surrender. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think... um, yeah, that book, Universe Has Your Back. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, <laughs> you've got it right there. It says everything on the title of the book, The Universe Has Your Back. So I want to just explore with you for some of our listeners who maybe um, are just starting to recognize intuition or maybe they haven't or they'd like to, um, you know, really recognize that part of themselves that, you know, how – how do we start to really nourish our intuition? Like when we, you know, saying trust and surrender, but that's not always easy, is it? I mean, what can we do like that would help us to foster trust and foster more surrender in our lives so that we can get the messages more clearly? So the first, that first step of, of knowing what you're looking for. So knowing how your intuition speaks to you individually. And then secondly is cultivating that evidence that your intuition is working for you. And one of the easiest ways, because this works really well with the brain, one of the easiest ways is to go back to those times, those stories that all of us have about how we heard a little voice or we had a nudge to do something and we ignored it and we went down another path and then things went pear-shaped or, you know, we came to this realization after the fact, well, I knew that voice was right. I knew I should have taken that path. So if we go back to those times and we connect in with what was going on at the time. So what was the story that the your ego, your monkey mind was telling you at the time that made you take the other path? Because that's probably what happened is you listen to your, your, your ego or your fear mm. and then try and feel around for, okay, so well, I, I, you know, I had this voice or I had this feeling, how, you know, how did that feel? And that that way we start to solidify again how our intuition is speaking to us and when we start to when we start to um to to practice that then we lock in even more evidence so every time we do follow the nudge so what will happen is you'll have a situation come up again and you'll recognize it as your intuition and you'll remember that the last time you didn't take action and it went pear-shaped or you took the you you didn't take the action that your intuition was asking you to take. And then you, this time you take the right action. And when that plays out and it plays out in a beautiful way and it takes you, moves you towards your outcome that you, that you wanted, then celebrate that and spend time locking in that evidence, telling that story to yourself. If you tell it until you're blue in the face, tell that same story because what you're doing is you're reaffirming or even affirming to your subconscious mind, excuse me, that your intuition actually is right and it it is not sending you down unsafe paths. Things are actually working out for you by following this path. And therefore, you know, and once we've got that evidence, your monkey mind has to kind of calm down a bit because now it's not basing, it's not basing its um, statements or its, its its convincing words on, on something that it doesn't understand. So that's all that's happening really is that the monkey mind is just going, well, I don't know. I don't understand this. And um, I don't know what this path's going to bring. 
But once we've told it, well, I've taken this path, I've listened to this voice, or this is what I felt in my body, and I followed it, and it worked, then you've started to kind of uh, almost lay down new pathways in your brain so that your brain can actually go, come to the party, <laughs> come mm. to the intuition party, and, 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 and start to work with you. Because our brain is such a magnificent part of us. You know, it does so many wonderful things for us, and it really does not have to make uh, working out the how its job. It can let that go. It can let that go so that the, 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 the universe can sort out the how for us and our brain can be the one that drives our business and helps us with our systems and helps us with our, our marketing and things like that. So it's more like it, it supports the intuition by, you know, creating structure and systems and putting those in place to yeah support yeah the, the bigger picture and the guidance that comes through is that what you're saying yeah that's mm. right so then the, the you know after locking in this evidence the next thing is to is to now start to raise our vibration because uh, those intuitive messages are they kind of hang out at in a place of appreciation, that vibration of appreciation, which is right at the top. If you had an emotional scale, a, a scale that your emotions were on and your self-doubt and your worry is kind of low on that scale and your appreciation and love and joy is right at the top. So that's where those messages are coming mm. from. So we need to be in that vicinity in order for us to hear them. So practicing daily gratitude getting ourselves into that, that feeling of, of, of thankfulness, that anything that's going to raise ourselves up, and we can tell when we spend time in, that, in thankfulness or we're out in nature and we're looking around at beautiful things, you can tell your feelings lift. Your self-doubt's not there mm. because it can't be in the same vibration. It's, it's, it's got its own vibration. So if you're lifting yourself there, you're lifting yourself towards where your, those intuitive messages are coming in. It like opens the connection, so to speak. Mm. And that would be that, that that would be number three. Yeah, would be to 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 raise your vibration and then just hold the awareness of of I know that in order to hear my intuition, I need to be in a higher vibration. Uh, meditation will do. Meditation will do the same because if we think that our think of our natural state of being as being joy and love. Uh, it's only our thoughts that are keeping us out of that space. They, the thoughts are bringing us down. So when you're in meditation and you've, you've, you know, you've let go of the thoughts, your vibration naturally raises. And that's why people have those beautiful insights and um, revelations when they're in meditation because they've opened up that connection by raising their vibration. I love what you're saying about um, when you're in meditation that you're not in your thoughts. And I just to clarify for the listeners too, I, I mean, meditation comes in many forms, doesn't it, Karen? I mean, it's not just about sitting cross-legged and, um, you know, being quiet. That's just one form. But there's so many forms. And really, I know for me, uh, and I've practiced for a long time, and I teach also people how to actually come more into the present moment so that their thoughts aren't running the show but they're actually dropping deeper into who they are which is intuition which is creativity I think even just like going for a walk if you're really really present and you're looking around you and you're taking in all the shapes the colors the sounds um, that's a form of meditation as well cooking chopping vegetables can be a form of meditation absolutely absolutely mm. Anything, absolutely anything that raises your vibration. You can tell how you feel, you know, mm. how it, by how you feel. 
that you've raised your vibration. Yeah, it doesn't have to be hard because it's our, it's just who we are. And if we um, if we can just do things that don't involve buying into the the um, the monkey mind or the ego, um, easy simple things. Exactly those examples you gave were so perfect, mm. so perfect. That's what's going to keep that connection open, and and we're going to hone it. Because that yeah, it's the practice. I wanted to ask you what made you or got you into being so passionate to help people um, work energetically smarter, not harder. What got you so? Pa- what got you into that? I invested a lot of money in in my business and in you know mentors and business building programs and business growing programs and. My intuition, as I was going through it, my intuition was saying to me, there's another way. There is another way to do this that doesn't involve all this pushing and, you know, doing things the way everybody does it. I found that doing things the way everybody does it just wasn't working for me. And I can relate to that. Yeah, and I, and I think it's it, it's definitely indicative of of the energies that we're moving into. So it's not, yeah, it's not it's not something unique to me. I think that it's it's a calling that's coming at a mass level of, you know, that we live on this planet where there's so many opportunities for us. There are so many places we can visit. We can get there so quickly now, uh, you know, and yet we're so time poor. There has to be another way. Again, if the universe has our back, why would it make it so hard for us to experience all these incredible things on this planet? So what's the, what was the, the way that worked for me? The way that worked for me was, was connecting with my intuition and letting that lead me because, again, it's that those instantaneous, um, those instantaneous answers and not necessarily even the instantaneous answers but being guided by the breadcrumbs so trusting and surrendering to that process and saying, well, okay, so I know that, you know, I've put it out there, say, if, that I want to, you know, write an article for, for Elephant Journal and let it go. And I let it go. And then suddenly I'll see Elephant Journal come up and someone saying, this is how you submit an article. Oh, fantastic, because I didn't have to now go and research how do I submit an article. It just turned up, you know, so off I go and I submit my article. And it's that, it's leveraging that because there's all that time that we could, I could have spent going around and around the circles or trying to find it out or when it could come to me. And that's that's it. It's opposite of what we were taught. But those, yes. those, those old ways are falling down. Yes, it's so opposite of how we were taught or how we were conditioned. And I, I'm just so loving this conversation about, um, yeah, just stopping all that. Like what? And I think it gets back to the the monkey mind and the doubts and the fears. That's what keeps us busying ourselves. So you know, I spoke with um, a woman on the show last time, and she talked about how we're so busy in our business that we're not really in business; we're in busyness. And, um, and I think that it is partly because we've lost 
that connection to just letting things happen easily, letting it flow, you know, really trusting the universe has our back, like you're saying, and, you know, that we don't have to strive and do all the hard work. Like we, it's not like it's just going to, you know, I mean, we do have to effort, you know, to put it out there, to tune in, but it's a different kind of effort. It's almost like an effortless effort. It is. It's almost like a win-win effort because mm. at the time that you're putting in that effort to raise your vibration, you're raising your vibration. And by raising your vibration, you're feeling good. So all the cells in your body are feeling good. So your health is improving. You know, all the your relationships are improving because you're not moaning and complaining about stuff all the time because you're feeling good. It's it's just there is. I, I can't see another way to be. That that does. It just this makes sense to me. And if we, you know, I think it's. And all we're doing is managing those old patterns and the old habits and the old conditioning, which is, you know, why the mind continually wants to take over. It just hasn't got evidence about this new way yet. And it's just stuck in its rut and it's just going to keep throwing in its two cents worth. And we just have to acknowledge that's all it is. It's just an old pattern Mm. and we can change it. We can make a decision to, yeah, to, and I think to add a piece in here, the, the fact that we grew up in this, a patriarchal system um, where it made sense for, for it made sense to do things from a logic based thing because that is the masculine. Mm. Um, but it doesn't work for women because it's not natural for us. Intuition is natural for us, and so it's now time for us to uh, to just come into our own and say, well, okay, wh- what can we take from that old system? And if that, you know, that what what can we take? And then weave it together with the intuition and uh, weave it together with our feminine qualities and make it work for us. Mm, that's, and, yeah, in a way that feels more natural. That's right. And mm. that's all it is. That's all it is. is we've, just, we've just been, I guess, a square peg in a round hole. Mm. And we didn't know we were because no one was talking about it. No one was saying, well, women have these amazing gifts because it was a man's world. And it just, uh, the, the man's not worried about intuition because he doesn't operate from his intuition. He may operate from a gut, you know, they do have, you know, they may have a a gut feeling. And I know a lot of intuitive men, but it's not called intuition. Mm. Yeah, it's probably called innovation. Yeah, something. (laughs) And that's fine, because I guess if we were running the show, we'd be telling, you know, we'd be telling men to listen to their intuition and it wouldn't make sense to them. So Mm. it's just come know who you are and work in the way that makes sense to you and trust and surrender and take it from there. I love that message. That's a really beautiful message. I'm going to highlight that on the show notes. Um, I want to go off on a little tiny tangent, just um, for selfish reasons. Um, what have I, I think? You know, I've talked to some women, and even in my own life, there have been times where I have been hit. It feels like I've been hit by a two by four from the universe, and I think it's because I actually wasn't listening to intuition I was striving I was pushing um, and thinking that I was on the right path and trying to make it work and then all of a sudden wham something happens and you know I just can't do that any longer it was you know it was almost like a crisis and um, and then coming more into a spiritual path as a result of that sort of dark night of the soul so I wanted to ask if if you um, had anything like that in your life and that, because I think it's really important for us to understand that, you know, 
it's all fine to to tune into intuition, but sometimes life gives us like, you know, I think I'm going in the right direction, but, you know, I haven't maybe honed my skills as well as you have or other people. And then I get a whack and that whack actually pushes me onto the path that I'm supposed to be on. So it's a little shocking, but it actually ends up sort of the same. And I, I actually drop in a little deeper to, you know, listening more and, and connecting to guidance and really trusting in the universe again. So that happened in my life in my 20s. So I'm just wondering, do you have a, a story like that, that, you know, that got you onto the path that you're on today? Yeah, I have a really brilliant story and it was it happened in my 20s too and I was I don't know that I was entertaining the idea of intuition back then I I know that I was a very intuitive child but no one around me was talking about it and I think it probably was dismissed as imagination or you know it, it just was never fostered so it, it it got shelved and I carried on going through life trying to be what everybody wanted me to be, as you do, trying to do what everybody wanted to do and never fitting in, just never fitting in because I saw the world in such a different way to everybody else. But when I said, hey, I'm going to do it this way, I was told, no, that's not the way we do it, that, that it can't happen like this. So eventually you kind of get, uh, I don't know whether it's so much as off your path as not honoring who you are, mm. not even knowing that you're not honoring who you are. So I ended up with being diagnosed with severe clinical depression and I was so close to death. I was put in hospital for a month. I was given four rounds of shock treatment because they just couldn't see another way. I'd been on antidepressants, every single antidepressant I think that they'd ever made over the past year or 18 months they'd tried everything and I was just continually going down 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 anyway the shock treatment saved my life because it's almost like uh, they only administer shock treatment when you're at risk of dying uh, and the shock treatment it's like a jump start you know jump starting a car mm. and it shocks you back it shocks all your little uh, neurons in your brain to into action and after the third treatment, I can remember seeing, literally seeing a light, almost like a light at the end of the tunnel, and I knew that I was, I was going to be okay. And after that, I was sent off on a, you know, a, a high dose cocktail of antidepressants and mood stabilizers and anti-anxiety medication. And they said you're going to be on this for the rest of your life because you can't have a depression this severe, and get away with it. And inside me, this little voice said there's got to be another way and it, it said how can I know who Karen is if I'm ghost up on all this medication and I can't see through all the side effects and I, I, I don't know whether the thoughts I'm thinking are mine or whether they're affected you know skewed by the drugs and I read conversations with God and I, that book resonated so strongly and powerfully with me it changed I was I grew up in a very Christian uh, environment and I had so many questions because again I didn't see it the way everybody else saw it but no one could answer my questions and that book answered every question I had and it opened up my world so when I was struggling one day and I thought I don't know how I'm going to ever get out of this this depression how am I ever going to be Karen? I opened up 
conversations with God, I thought, let me look up what, what, what they say about illness. And it said, you create your own illness. And that was the game changer for me. That I had to look into myself and say, well, if I created this, how did I create this? And I realized that I created it by the thoughts I was thinking. So I started to change my thoughts. Every time I had a thought, uh, an opinion, I would stop and say to myself, is this a glass half empty or a glass half full thought? If it was glass half empty, which generally it was, I had to look for the positive. What is the positive in this? And I had to turn and I turned that thought around. And I did that until I cured my depression. And in doing that was when I then started um, you know, conversations with God had then started me on this spiritual journey, this this inquiry of, oh, everything's energy. We create our own reality. Our thoughts create our reality. And I was so passionate about that. I thought this is this is something that I can share with other people. This is something that I can, if I can get, if I can cure my depression by changing my thoughts, I can create a magnificent life for myself. And I wanted, I want to help other people do the same. Wow, that is incredible. That is a beautiful story. I mean, not beautiful what you had to go through, but the fact that, you know, you're now standing as a light and helping other people change their thoughts and change their lives and really live with so much more ease and flow and um, prosperity. Absolutely. It was my calling. It was my calling. It took me a long time to step into that calling. I you know, that was in my early 20s. That was really only when I was in my 40s that I, and still was continuing to do uh, personal development work, uh, that I, I came into my power and I knew, one day knew who I was at the core of my being. And when I knew that, that purpose opened up and it was, okay, Karen, now it's time. Take mm. everything that you know and get out there into the world. It's time for you to help raise the vibration of the planet through what you know and and what you yeah what you can teach and so I got there in the end <laughs> mm, Karen thank you so much for sharing that beautiful personal story and I want to ask you what what are the ways that um, people can get in touch with you to work with you so uh, my website mm -hmm. com. And I am on Facebook. My, my business page is Karen Geddes Intuitive Mentor. I also have a Facebook group uh, called Work Energetically Smarter. So it's a place where we explore, you know, raising our vibration and uh, tapping into our intuition and then leveraging this to, to create more ease and flow and confidence and clarity in our life and business. Mm. And so do you work one-on-one um, -on -one or... Uh, what are some of the offerings that you have to help other women? And do you just work with women mostly? or I work with women mostly, although I do know uh, I'm being told that I, I work with, you know, to work with men as well. So the men mm. don't get left out of this, yes. uh, this yeah. new paradigm because they're also part of it and it's part of this embodying the, the masculine and feminine, not just one or the other. Uh, and, you know, the most powerful transformation happens when you work with someone over 90 days because it becomes a, a lifestyle change. And this is what I'm about. I don't want to give someone, uh, uh, 
give someone a quick fix or, you know, I want them to really, really be, you know, when they are ready to change their life and know that this way of living is going to actually set them up for the rest of their days. You know, 90 days, that's the starting point, um, you know, to have solidified it in over those 90 days. And then whether you continue working with me after that or whether you, you take that as a springboard and you keep going, that's that's amazing. So I work one-to-one with people for those 90 days for over 12 weeks. And I also run uh, every few months an eight-week mastermind group where we we go deeper into honing our guidance and then, you know, putting these other strategies in place to manage our thoughts and emotions, uh, you know, to keep that, to deepen that guidance more. Um, so those are the two ways that I work with people. I really appreciate what you're saying about the 90 days because it does take a certain amount of time for the brain to actually rewire for, you know, to really, you know, create different pathways and get out of the habitual ones because our brains as we start to all understand is not this solid thing it's very plastic it does have the ability to change so I imagine in 90 days that there's quite a lot of shifts that can take place and just on a physiological level the brain can actually rewire itself absolutely and the power in that is having a mentor that is there and holding you in you know, holding you in her energetic field, his or her energetic field for those 90 days. So we're not separate. We're together as one. And I see some, I see your magnificence. When I look at you, all I see is your full potential and your magnificence. So that picture never leaves me. So no matter what's going on for you, I'm holding that Mm. space. So for those, so there's a massive, massive transformation over those 90 days and meeting every week, um, you know, just keeps that momentum going for to, for that change because that's what I want. I want I want someone to come out of working with me as a new person with a new perspective. You know, with everything shifted, and then you've had. You know, it takes 21 days to change a habit, um, but it takes 90 days for it to really become a lifestyle change. Well, to start becoming a lifestyle change mm. with that. So if you've got that consistency over that time, it's the most powerful way to 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 affect change in your life mm, beautiful so we're just about out of time Karen and I wanted to ask you maybe there's one other if you were to like hold the hands of one of our listeners today um, and just give them some words of wisdom or suggestions to take with them to start on this journey that you're talking about to connect with their true self and that being their intuition, that they are their intuition, what words would you like to um, share for them today? You're more intuitive than you think you are. So be still and listen out for that that voice and just know that you you just haven't been reminded of how powerful you are and you haven't been reminded that this intuition thing is who you are so the more you listen out for it and the more you acknowledge it and the more you say yes to it the more you call it into you just gently and quietly there's no forcing because it is you so it's almost in fact not calling it in it's just opening the door to it the more you open the door to it the more you're going to notice it the more you notice it the more you're going to lock in that evidence and the easier it's going to get 
Thank you so much for those words, Karen. That's beautiful. And I deeply appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners do as well. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we end our conversation today? I just wanted to say thank you for having me and to have this conversation because I can I can talk about these things for days. I absolutely love it. So I so appreciate being able to share it with someone else who who is as excited about it as I am. So I thank you, Aisha. I'm very, very honored to have been here today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been a pleasure for me. I love what you're doing out in the world. I feel like you're my soul sister in the work that you do. And please, everybody, do look up her website and have a look at all the the offerings that she has. If you're in that place that you really want to change your life, then do get in touch with Karen. She's a light. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're on the show. All the best. Thank you. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.